What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. How the hell is everyone doing? I'm recording this at 7.30 in the morning, in the morning, and holy shit, this is new for me. I've never recorded this early before, but I had a hell of a Wednesday night, and I wanted to get the podcast out as early as I could for you guys on Thursday. Uh, big shout out to all the listeners. We're getting a lot of very positive feedback the last uh, three or four episodes. You guys have really been digging what's been uh, being put out there for you, and I appreciate that shit. I appreciate you appreciating me. What do you think, huh? That sounds pretty good. So yeah, thanks. And if you want to support the podcast, we got a Patreon. I just uploaded a Patreon bonus episode a couple days ago on what's it Thursday and Tuesday. I did that. Did that. So patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen for as little as three bucks a month. And for $9 a month, you get a co-executive producer credit on all the podcast clips that go on YouTube. Pretty sweet deal. All right. Enough of the thank yous. Although I do have another thank you. Uh, shout out to my guy, Gareth Reynolds. I opened for him last Sunday night at the Dent Theater in Chicago. If you're ever in Chicago, comedy in Chicago right now is phenomenal. It still it goes under the radar still, and it, it does piss me off a bit. New York's amazing. I'm not knocking New York, of course, because New York comedy is phenomenal. I'm planning a trip to New York at the end of March in 2022. L.A., I lived in for three years. Love L.A. A lot of people don't like L.A. I actually really enjoyed living in L.A., but as far as like comedy goes, Chicago should always be uttered in the same breath as those two cities. Really more so than L.A. As much as I liked L.A., Chicago is just a better comedy town. It's, it's These are facts, people. Facts. And uh, so, yeah, Gareth Reynolds is amazing, guys. The co-host of the Dollop uh, podcast, way, way more popular than this one. And uh, he's just a good dude. Just a genuine good dude, good hang. And the new hour he's putting together is phenomenal. So, guys, go be a fan of Gareth Reynolds. I know I am. And uh, and then thanks to everyone who came out to all the shows I've been doing these last few weeks. At the Laugh Factory, at Comedians You Should Know, at Timothy O'Toole's last night. Great crowds, man. Great crowds. Weird crowds a little bit here or there, too. <laughs> like, you know, it's weird as a comedian. And I know I probably touched on this in the last couple episodes. With, like, you know, it's a Wednesday night crowd, though. And then the other show is a Sunday night crowd. And... I was making the case that weekday crowds are cooler because cooler people go out on weekdays. That doesn't mean cool people don't go out on weekends, but you know, there's a lot of them, you know, you work for your weekend, that old expression. So there's a lot of people out there who, uh, they go out on a Friday and Saturday because they think they're supposed to and all that kind of shit. And they're really not, they're not there. They're there, but they're not there. You hear me? And with last night's audience, they were, I did, it's two shows. So you have a seven o'clock and a nine 30. 7 o'clock had 7 o'clock energy, as you'd imagine. The 9.30 was a little rowdier, but the 7 o'clock, they seemed to be cooler about shit. I was doing some crowd work where I was talking to these couples at this one table because they were all like, sometimes at comedy shows, you'll see a couple where the guy's arms around the girl and the girl's like hand is on the dude's thigh and you're like, hey, we get it. Later, you guys are going to fuck, right? We, we get the vibe you're putting out there. And so I asked them how long they've been dating. Answer one year. That makes sense. You're a year in. You're still very much like, I got to get my hands on this lady. And the woman's the same. She wants to get those fingernails up in that butt maybe, right? And then there was a couple right next to them. And they were two years. And they, they were lesbians. I'm pulling that out there. But I didn't, I didn't make a thing about it. I was just like, now how long have you two been together? And they're like, two years. But they were still all over each other. I'm like, see, that's with lesbians. Maybe two years is like one year for straight people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you two were straight, you'd be sitting on the other side of the room after a couple of years. But you guys are still very much in the thick of it. And they were laughing. But guess what? Everyone got weird. 
They were like, why is this straight white man addressing these lesbians? Is he allowed to do that? I'm not really sure. I feel like he's walking a fine line. I don't know whose voice I'm doing an impression of there, but I feel like it's someone in the audiences. I think that's the thing. What's going on right now, and every comedian gets asked this question. We're constantly being asked, hey, what's it like doing comedy right now in today's climate, in today's atmosphere? And for the most part, I find audiences are great. They come out to laugh. They want to have a good time. But what happens to the audience, I'm not even blaming them because this is media-driven bullshit. The media is constantly talking about uh, what comedian got in trouble for what and all this kind of stuff so that when audiences do hear a subject being approached that could be a little edgier, oh no, they get a little bit like, ooh, are we going to hear something we're not supposed to hear? Are we about to see someone get in trouble? Oh, And so instead of being present and listening to the comedian and hoping to enjoy what the comedian's about to say, they are almost watching it through TV, if that makes any sense. They're not really there. They're kind of like taking a step back and being like, ooh, where's this going to go? Ooh, let me get my popcorn. Even though, you know, you're supposed to be actually participating and enjoying yourself. They're kind of watching it through a different angle at that point. You see, see some of them sliding, sliding their hand in their pocket, trying to get their phones out, hoping some bad moment's going to happen that they could capture. Uh, so, yeah, that part of it's weird. I really do think it's media driven too. I think they think, oh shit, this is going to be one of those. Am I going to be at one of those comedy shows that I hear about on the news? <gasps> oh yeah. And then, and then the whole audience just becomes shit because everyone is waiting for a moment. That's not most likely not going to happen. Comedians, even when they bring up topics that are sensitive and those of you listening on audio, I just did the dumbass quote fingers. They are, they're going in a fucking direction that most people are going to be like, oh shit, that was hilarious. You know what I mean? They're not like, no one's bringing up race to then be like, let me tell you why Hitler was right. You know what I mean? Obviously, he wasn't. See, now, now that's going to get cut and put in the wrong context. Um, it's, it's usually funny. I don't know. I just feel, feel like people need to have more faith in the performer. Where do, like, it just it always cracks me up. I'm like, really? That comic just brought up that topic. And that made you so fucking your asshole got so goddamn tight. You couldn't let yourself loose to hear what was a really funny joke that had a great ass point, too. Oh, stuff like that. Those thoughts have been festering with me lately because that's my that fear I've had as a comedian. It was the media is going to keep talking about what you can and cannot say. And that goes into the audience's brain as they enter the room and they talk amongst themselves before the show. You see a little chatter and they're like, Ooh, I wonder what we're going to see tonight. And and part of them, maybe they want to see a train wreck. Maybe they want to see some comedian just lose his shit and pull a Kramer from 2007 or whatever year that was. You know, I don't know. I just, I think most people just want to go and have a great time and relax. And, and that's the way it should be. We're telling jokes, people. Fucking jokes, right? No one's, no one's, no one's performing surgery. There's no life or death in this, in this garbage. It's just, it's a way for people, for businesses to sell alcohol, and for us to get paid a little bit for our funny thoughts. That's how it is. So uh, here's something that's been festering with me. Now I watched the movie Toy Story four for like the one millionth time recently. I've got four and two year old sons, and of course they're down with Toy Story as they should be. The Toy Story franchise is phenomenal. First one came out when I was like 10. It's, it's held up. Disney's done, done a smart thing, I've noticed. They spread out their sequels far enough where they become generational. Toy Story 5, the original was 1995. Toy Story 2 is 99. Then they were like, mm, let's, take a, let's take a little hiatus here. Toy Story 3 came out in 2010, 11 years later. Now, they don't keep a timeline, you know, because at that point, Andy, the original kid, should have been on... I don't know. He should have been like 24, kicking his first drug habit, I feel like, you know. And 
He wasn't. He was like going off to college. He was 17, I think, or 18. Then Toy Story 4 comes out in 2019, another nine years after Toy Story 3. There will probably be a Toy Story 5, most likely in some capacity. I, I don't know if they'll change the direction of whatever, but that'll be like 2028, 2029. And so what's happening there is that like people my age who grew up with the first two toys, two toy stories, fuck that is a tongue twister, right? We are now taking our kids because a lot of us are in our thirties. Now we have little kids and we're taking them to see toy story Four. Disney plus has all the movies on there. Plus there's like shorts and little half hour specials, all the, all the good stuff. Toy story four contains one of the worst characters in the history of cinema. And her name is Bonnie. That child, Bonnie, who's going off to kindergarten, sucks. She is one of the worst characters ever written. Oh, Joe, don't you think you're a little harsh on a little kid? No, fuck her, okay? Think about this. At the end of Toy Story 3, the emotional journey we all went on in Toy Story 3. If you haven't seen Toy Story 3, click off this shit right now. Right now because here's a spoiler alert. The whole concept, the whole plot of that movie is Andy hasn't played with all of his favorite toys in a long time, right? He became a teenager, went to high school, started getting boners, and that was it for Woody and Buzz. It happens. And they had been stuck in a toy box, and the whole purpose of a toy is to be played with. That's their life's purpose. They're trying to come up with ways to get Andy to play with them again, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Woody's whole thing is like, well, if we have to go to the attic, we go to the attic. We're here for Andy, whatever Andy needs. And then, hey, maybe he'll have kids and he'll hand them down, right? All this kind of stuff. And so it's like a whole thing where the other toys are like, screw this. We got to move on to the next kid. We want to get out into the world. They go in the world. They end up at this daycare that's ran by these other crazy toys who are like dictator toys who are real dipshitty. You know, they're this guy, Lotso Hugging Bear, who is a real cool voice. I forget the actor's name, but he's a purple bear that smells like strawberries. Well, he is a piece of shit. Okay. Real prick. And he's just basically saying, hey, the really little kids are going to play with you guys. And the really little kids are, are fucking assholes. These are little kids at a daycare. They're like Tasmanian devils, right? They're just running around busting shit up. And Potato Head's like, I'm losing my pieces. And Buzz is like, this motherfucker keeps cracking my head off that railing over there. And I'm going to let him know I'm real just because fuck this noise. You know, it's always oh, a whole lot of drama, right? And they're trying to figure out a way to get the fuck out of there so they could go into the other side of the daycare, which has the kids that are more chill and who know how to respect their toys. Long story short, Woody tries to break them out. All this kind of stuff happens. They end up almost dying. Literally, as the viewer, you think, am I about to witness the Toy Story character's death? How fucking tra traumatized am I going to be right now? You know. Thankfully, they live. I won't give away that part. I guess I did. I, I said spoiler alert. Okay, I did. And um, at the end, Woody realizes it's time to let Andy go because Andy was going to take Woody to college where everyone else was going to be stuck in the attic. And he said, I'd rather stay together. So he he dupes Andy, the, the you know his, his original kid, into giving them to this kid Bonnie that Woody came across, whose mother ran the daycare. Woody snuck into her backpack, and he's like, "This Bonnie's great. You guys are gonna love Bonnie." And Bonnie gives the or Woody, what the fuck am I saying? Andy gives all these toys over to Bonnie, and he says something nice about each one. And Woody's the last one, and he was even like, "How did Woody get in here? Woody's supposed to go to a college with me and sit on a shelf." Fuck. And then he sees that the girl recognized Woody. And so he's like, you know what? It's time to let you go, Woody. And he goes to hand off Woody. But he says, first, he goes, Woody is special. Woody, you could tell he was like, and she's even looking at him like, man, this 17-year-old kid is really attached to this Woody. This is a, 
maybe this is a fucked up thing and I shouldn't be part of it. But she was a little bitch of a girl. So she's like, no, I want Woody. Give me my cowboy doll. He gives her this speech. You take care of Woody. Woody's the fucking best, right? He almost wanted to say it through his teeth. Listen, you little fucking bitch. Do not fuck up Woody, okay? Anyway, now we're in Toy Story 4. And by the way, Andy's like fucking breaking down at the end being like, thanks guys. And then Woody's like, so long partner. And he drives off and it's just like, oh, fuck, man. You know, really pulls at your heartstrings. And then Bonnie in Toy Story 4, guess what she's doing, everyone? Ignoring Woody. Woody gets left in the closet. He's not being played with. Even Buzz was like, I'm sure she'll pick you tomorrow, buddy. And all these other old toys that were collecting dust and they were like, you're part of us now. You're part of the piece of shit toy crew that no one wants to touch anymore. And I'm thinking, hey, Bonnie, the fuck did Andy tell you? Take care of Woody. Woody is the best. Okay. And what do you do? You just leave him in the closet. You don't even fucking think anything about him. Ignores him. Woody is going to great lengths to find his purpose now that he's not being played with. She makes a toy out of a spork called Forky. And he's running around trying to save it. They're going on a family vacation. Forky's all like, I, I'm a spoon. I don't want to be a toy. Forky's a dick. He comes around, but he's still like a fucking dick. All right. And lo and behold, at the end, I'm ruining Toy Story 4 now. Again, I gave you the spoiler alerts. He's he's off on his own, right? And she totally abandons Woody. Woody's in a better place as the viewer. You're supposed to be thinking, well, Woody's in a better place now. He, he, re, he reconnects with Bo Peep. That's not really a spoiler because she's all over the fucking uh, movie posters for Toy Story 4. You see Bo Peep. And uh, Bo Peep wasn't in Toy Story 3, everyone. So she comes back. They find her. And it's it still just breaks my heart. Because I imagine a scenario where Andy graduates from college. You know, he, he goes back to live with his mom. They're, they live a couple blocks away from this Bonnie girl. They're neighbors. Runs into Bonnie. And is like, hey, how are the toys? Oh, you got Buzz. You got Jesse. You got Rex. You got the Potato Heads. This is wonderful. You got Slinky Dog. Uh, hey, where's Woody? And she's like, mm, I don't know. And then the mom's like, yeah, I think we lost him on a family vacation. And then he just looks at her and goes, you little fucking bitch. How? I, I told you to look after Woody. Woody's out there on his own. And now Toy Story 5 is Andy trying to find Woody out there. He doesn't find him. He becomes a heroin addict and he dies. And then Toy Story 6 is Woody reconnecting with Buzz and Jesse and the whole crew to go to Andy's funeral. And then they have to talk Woody out of not slitting Bonnie's throat. That's going to be the next couple Toy Story movies, just to let you guys know. So anyway, when it comes to worst villains in movie history, Bonnie from Toy Story 4 slash 3, right up there with the worst of them. As far as the kid genre goes, Scar from Lion King, because, I mean, that dude killed his brother and basically killed his nephew. And then apparently there's deleted scenes in which Scar was trying to bang Nala, who ends up being, you know, little Simba's future wife. Dude, dude was fucked. Uh, but Bonnie's right up there with him. And then there's obviously other evil characters like, you know, in action movies. Like the dudes who took Liam Neeson's daughter and Taken. Those are some bad dudes. There wasn't a main guy, though. He was just going through a series of dudes. I guess that tells you what sex trafficking is like in the world. There's no main villain. There's a bunch of villains. And then, you know, he found a couple, one guy's like, he killed him. And then he's like, well, who'd you sell her to? I got that guy's a bad guy too. I'm going to kill him. You know, so it was just like, got to kill a lot of people. Liam Neeson's like 68, still doing action movies. More power to him. Good for you, Liam. So yeah, Toy Story 4, that's something you guys got to think about. If I could shift gears a little bit here, shout out to my man, Farad Mohammed. I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Uh, was in the hospital for a couple days, but I think he's out and doing well, which is good to see. I came across this, uh, changing gears here a little bit. There was a school shooting in Michigan 
about a week or so ago now and you know it's horrible four people died uh one dude died a hero trying to protect his classmates so uh his family is probably heartbroken but at least they're that's something that can hang their hat on you know and uh the whole family's fucked up they're they were like the teachers did everything right in this situation from what i've read about this uh, michigan school shooter they were keeping an eye on him they the one teacher caught him googling how to buy more ammunition and all this stuff and they they alerted everyone they could alert they did everything they could and even the mom there's a text message between the mom and the shooter where she's like i'm not mad at you just don't get caught googling how to buy ammunition and they like took him black friday shopping to buy the gun and it's it's a fucked up situation the whole thing is there's a bunch of crazy people of course someone made a great point though a lot of people say or there's a, a notion out there a belief that a lot of these school shooters were kids who were bullied and the point i read about that i thought was very interesting was now it's not people who are bullied it's people who are ignored and and her point was that like a lot of these media outlets and experts or whoever are writing about this stuff they're basically almost putting it on the kids hey if you were nicer to him he wouldn't have shot up your school and that's kind of a fucked up thought when you think about it you know and i i've i've done podcasts where i'm strongly anti-bullying of course i think bullying's a really fucked up thing and just to separate, because there's always someone out there who's going to call me a simp because they're like, oh, what, you can't fuck around with your friends? Fucking around with your friends is a bullying. If you got a friend that you call, um, hey, they're, uh, you know, fucking dipshit. Like, that's not, are, are you really bullying? No, because you guys are going to go play video games together later. Bullying is a kid that you would never hang out with and you're picking on him and you're making fun of him and you're going out of your way to be an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. That makes you a piece of shit person and pretty weak, too. Like, how fucked up is your world where you're going around picking on people just to impress some other dickheads you know what i mean that that to me you're like the little weak bitch there so with this though um you can't force people to be friends with people it's sad that he was a lot of not it's not anything sad about this guy but like it's sad that because he shot up people you know it's sad that there are kids out there who feel lonely they're sitting by themselves at lunch no one talks to them and all of that but the onus is not their classmates for whatever reason, that kid's not connecting with people and that happens. And yeah, there, there should be like classes on socialization in a sense where you're not changing people. You're not trying to get all kids to act like the popular kid walking down the hallway, high five and people going, what's up, Miss Johnson? Woo. Like you don't want some, you don't want an army of that guy, right? You don't want a bunch of Jake's and Chad's just douching it up across the hallways, but there should be something where you talk to those kids, like counsel them and, and the teachers should, and again, I feel like you're putting more shit on teachers, but guidance counselors, someone at the school should be aware of like, all right, we've got a lot of kids who seem to sit by themselves at lunch. They seem sad here. They seem lonely. They're outsiders, outcasts for whatever reason. Now I bring that up because these kids aren't being actively bullied. They're just being ignored and they think in their brains, this is how I could get attention or, or fuck these people for ignoring me. They have a sense of entitlement because if you noticed, if it were the bullied kids who were like the truly bullied the people who are getting really picked on and targeted by their classmates for being different. How there's not one fat kid who, you know, I'm not saying this as a joke, but like, there's not one overweight obese kid. I should say who is being, a, who turned into a school shooter, right? All the school shooters seem to have the same style profile thing. It's not like, I don't know. I've never heard of like some gay kid who was, picked on merciful you know merciful mercilessly fuck that word right who was picked on relentlessly there's the word i'm gonna use guys i'm recording this at seven in the morning you gotta cut me some slack okay 
I act like you guys are listening right now being like, nice English, dickhead. But um, it's a one-sided conversation. You, you know how it is. It's, it's You never heard a story about like someone like that shooting up their school. Um, people who are legit like made fun of for, you know, it seems like it's a lot of these loner kids who I feel like develop this kind of sense of like, well, you know what? Fuck these people. I don't know. It's, that's not really being bullied. They're not actively being bullied. They're being ignored, which being ignored is sad. Everyone wants to be seen and heard. Of course, um, you want to be, you know, people want to be a part of something. Even people who are like, I don't like these kids. They're not into the things I'm into. You still don't want to feel like you're all alone in the world. Right? So I think that's the new thing that people should try to look take a closer look at going forward you know i almost wonder there's a lot of things we need to change about how we educate kids you know someone was made a point once where it's like schools classrooms basically look the same today as they did 80 years ago you know i mean in the sense like you got the teacher's desk in front of the blackboard rows and rows of desks you know stupid bullshit inspirational posters on the wall um that i don't even think really resonate with anybody anymore i mean yeah like you know there's there's some slight differences here there i know a lot more kids are having ipads they're just downloading books onto ipads that's like a new advancement but i definitely think there should be classes in things that really will impact your life way more than certain subjects will you know um yeah a high school class on you know, same Well, also, why did they have the gym teacher doing this? I feel like a lot of this stuff about like sex ed and stuff, it's just some gym teacher where they're like, well, we got to give you something. Read from the book. And it's some guy that normally blows a whistle who's also telling you, all right, here's, here's some reproductive shit you're going to need to learn. And you're just like, oh, God. So, yeah, there needs to be something where. Yeah, because the I again the own the the blame or or the responsibility should not be on the students. If you're a student in high school, you got enough going on where you don't need to be eyeballing, being like, hmm, look at Tommy over there. He's been sitting by himself the last couple of weeks. All right, guys, we better go over. Like, I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be nice if people were that aware. Um and like look after each other that way, but that's not natural. That's like, and again, it gets good, it's blaming the potential victims of a school shooting to be like, what do you do to prevent yourself from being shot at by a classmate? That's fucked up. Isn't it to be like, what, you, what could you have done to make sure your own classmate didn't bring an AR 15 to school and start, I don't even know what the weapon was, but like start blasting away at you. You know, that's, that's crazy to think of. So I really do feel like they're guidance counselors. Guidance counselors seem like they just sit in their office all the time. Do they ever stroll the halls? I don't remember ever seeing my guidance counselor outside the office unless maybe they're going to go take a leak or something like you'd see them going to the bathroom in a hallway but like they should be walking around and really observing what's happening and then when you see the lonely kid sitting down you sit next to him and be like hey so how are things going like i noticed you sit by yourself like are, are kids picking on you then you find out a little bit and then there's like no no one talks to me it's like okay different thing now you're not being bullied you're just like you just don't have any friends right now all right well what are you into you're into this? Okay, well, maybe we could start up a club. I bet there's some kids out there who are just like you who also, you know, are into Swedish porn or whatever the hell you're into. We could get a whole Swedish porn club going. You guys can get together, talk about how the Swedes like to bang, and, and that'll be a fun thing. And now, now you're laughing in the hallways, right? You're sharing inappropriate Swedish pictures, right? It's that's That could be fun. That could be fun. Now I'm wondering if there's this genre of Swedish porn that I've been missing all my life. Hmm. That's, that's something to take a look at. This isn't porn related, but I want to give a shout out to Instagram 
and uh, Marvel, especially people who do TikToks about Marvel, for reminding me how beautiful Angelina Jolie still is. Now, I haven't seen The Eternals. I got to get on it because I'm a big Marvel guy. That movie just kind of slipped between the cracks. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings was amazing. That came out in like September. And then this movie came out early November. I had a bunch of shows and stuff going on. I haven't caught a moment. But I am going to see Spider-Man No Way Home uh, opening day, actually. I'm going to go to a matinee, as they say. And I'm pumped up for that. And then I got to find a way to get see the Eternals before that one. So hopefully in the next week I could see Eternals. So thank you again, Instagram and Marvel, because Angelina Jolie is still all time. She's still all time. She is phenomenally hot. There was a video on Instagram where all the other Eternals characters were sitting down to have a staring contest with Angelina Jolie. And uh, Kumail Nanajani, who's in the movie, a very funny comedian and, and big time actor now, he started comedy in Chicago and actually was a really good dude to me. I was in my first year and he was in Chicago, just starting out as an open micer essentially. And he was like in his last year before moving off to uh, New York, I think. And then he was, went to LA. Really good dude. I remember when he opened for Zach Galifianakis, he got me some tickets. Awesome guy. Um, lost touch with him over the years. But he's a guy when I, I bump into him, it's like, hey, how are you? you know, let me catch up for a minute or two. I am name dropping a little bit, but he was the funniest in his reaction because he was setting it up and he was like, I could take her. And it shows like all the other people as he's like saying how he's going to try to win. And as soon as he sat down, he went, nope, and got right back up because she is phenomenally hot. Like it made me think to myself, I can't think of any like bikini pictures of Angelina Jolie, but I know they're out there and I'm going to look it up. But on Instagram, when I was going to the explore page. They keep going to these Angelina Jolie shots and I forget she's only in her. She's not as old as people think. She became like a star star real early on in her early 20s, even like late teens. She was in some stuff. So even though she's been around for what feels like three or four decades, she's still like maybe early, maybe 42, 43. I don't think she's much older than that, but she just has such def- like her features. Um, And I don't you know. Angelina Jolie's not for everybody, but I remember back in the day, a lot of my friends were like J-Lo and I was like, I'm Angelina Jolie. And um, these are things guys are going to talk about, right? We just, we always have our favorites. And all that kind of stuff. But I just, I don't know. Angelina Jolie just did it for me. I like that little like line she has in her lower lip. Great lips. Just those eyes just stick out at you. You could see right through you, you know? Ooh, man. Angelina Jolie. Ooh, look at me. I'm like a 14-year-old boy. I'm smitten over here, everyone. I am absolutely smitten. And my wife knows I'm a big Angelina Jolie fan. As a matter of fact, for Halloween one year, uh, 2006, I think, we did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I had much better hair at the time, so I was able to do like a, a real cool buzz cut like Brad Pitt had in the movie. Easy costume. I wore a suit. We had like a, some guns, and she wore like a really sexy black dress like Angelina Jolie wears, had some guns, and we just did like a back-to-back like the movie cover thing. It's a good deal. Couples costumes could be fun. Um, I'm, I'm finding as a dad, it's fun to do the group thing. As some of you who follow me on Instagram know I posted some group shots we've done. We did a Monsters theme this past year, and before that, we did the Avengers which shouldn't be surprising to anybody, but yeah, who who else? Do you guys got some celebrity crushes? I think it's I think it's healthy to have a fun celebrity crush. You know, what? tweet at me or make a comment uh, for celebrity crushes, and in the next week's episode, or maybe on the Patreon episode, I don't know. I'll do it for both. We could talk about some of the all time favorite celebrity crushes out there, ladies. I want to hear from you too. Okay, I don't want just you know, gay men. I got some gay men listeners, some lesbian listeners, non-binary, whatever you're into. Whatever gets you wet, whatever gets you erect, you fucking make a comment and let me know. We can have some fun with this. All right, that's been the podcast for this week. 
Uh, we are wrapping up into Christmas season. I'm going to have to have some fun like Christmas movie episodes or just talk about the season in general. And uh, yeah, I got some comedy shows coming up. If you're in the Chicago area, I'll be performing at the Laugh Academy in Glenview on Friday, December 10th, I believe is the date there. It's probably going to be sold out by the time you heard this. Last time I checked, there's only like three or four tickets left. I don't even know why I'm plugging the show. Then after that, I will be at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago on Saturday, December 18th. And that'll be my last show of 2022. I really wanted to soak up the holidays this year as much as I possibly could before uh, going big in 2022. And we are going big in 2022, everyone. All right, you guys are the absolute best. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Have a great weekend. And uh, as always, cheers.